Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. Do you ever feel frustrated? Well, your dog does. Frustration occurs when an animal is interrupted in reaching their goals. Unfortunately, this occurs all too often in the modern world when a dog's goals do not align with those of their human companion. This can be a source of distress for both you and your dog, but it can also lead to the development of problem behaviors and can damage the relationship that you have with your dog. But we have answers for you. Join us for a two-day in-person seminar October 5th and 6th with instruction by Daniel Shaw. Daniel Shaw is an animal behaviorist with a background in animal behavior, psychology, and neuroscience. He will be talking about what frustration is and how it can be identified, the difficulty of conventional approaches in resolving frustration, what influences the value of rewards, as well as supporting frustrated dogs and building frustration tolerance. You can buy early bird tickets now until August the 5th, and be sure that you join us for our pre-seminar social Friday evening where you can meet Daniel and the Dog Speak team. We look forward to seeing you October 5th and 6th in Nashville, Tennessee for the Neuroscience of Resolving Frustration in Dogs seminar. Dog Speak Geeks. I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving and a wonderful weekend. Most of you had a four-day weekend, so I know you are feeling great. I hope your dog's getting didn't get too stressed out at the holiday season. I made a post on TikTok just to give you guys some advice on putting your dogs away and not letting them get stressed out. Um, I know it can be overwhelming. I mean, it's overwhelming for the humans, so of course it can be overwhelming for the dogs. So anyway, I'm going to do a quick episode today. I just want to do a couple of listener questions. We're going to kind of probably only do a couple of podcasts this month. Um, I am going on a really long continuing education week. I'm excited to be going to do the Legs in Motion in Nashville and the Resilience Rainbow in Black Mountain, North Carolina, uh, so next week. I'm really excited about that, get to meet some of our uh, special guests that we've had on the podcast. I'll get to meet them in person, face-to-face this week. Uh, I'm sorry, next week, and I'm super excited. And, and hopefully I can get uh, a couple of them scheduled for more um, episodes. So I've got some things in the works for 2024, and I'm really excited about it. So um, as many of you guys remember Steve on our podcast, uh, mostly about the um, am I an asshole podcast? Anyway, I'm going to have him on a couple more times in 2024, and he's going to be bringing some special things uh, to the podcast as well. Um, so, yeah, uh, let's uh, give a shout out to Steve for that. I'll be looking forward to that. All right, so I'm going to just do a couple of listener questions for you guys. Um, it's just me today. I want to get a quick episode out before this week um, got really started because I knew I'd be a little too busy. So, Let's get started with, uh, we had a wonderful um, email from Tessa. So let's see. Similar to others, I've been binge listening to your past catalog of podcasts as we rehomed our two German Shepherds in August. Um, Just guys know if you're listening to some old episodes, um, those are, you're probably going to hear some things that we don't do anymore, uh, things that we don't recommend anymore. 
Uh, but I'm going to leave them up there because I think it's important that you listen to those and then continue to listen as we progress and as we learn new things to uh, give you guys because I think it's important that you hear that growth. Um, even though we're longtime dog owners, I feel like we understand these two better than we have in the past. Thank you. Listening to your October 12th episode, you mentioned that there are things that you do differently now compared to when you began. That's funny because I did not even read the rest of this when I said that. If you can remember, it would be interesting to hear the things that you've changed. I noticed, for example, you used a shorter lead when you first started recording, and more recently, you recommend a longer one. Similar to us with past dogs, we've had a short lead and now much prefer a three millimeter lead. Thank you for a wonderful podcast. I said millimeter. I doubt that's millimeter. Uh, we don't. We use feet and yards um, mostly in the United States. So, um, so I'm not sure how long that is. Thank you for a wonderful podcast and all the advice, Tessa. Tessa, thank you. Um, yes, we have changed a lot. We don't use short leads. It's funny because I was going back through our handouts, and the handouts that we've been using. Uh, this past year, um, I thought we had edited correctly, but they were still saying short leashes. So no, we no longer use short leashes. I like to use long leashes anywhere from four to six feet up to 50 feet. Um, and it just kind of depends on what you're doing with your dog. If you have an open area, using a 10 to 20 foot leash can be fantastic. Even a larger area up to that 50 foot is fantastic. But if I'm going somewhere that's going to be a little more crowded. I want to stick to more of a four to maybe six foot leash, depending on the height of yourself, the height of your dog. Yesterday, we took the dogs out, and Myers, um, he is short. I'm a little bit taller. So um, I used about a six to a seven foot leash with him. I would just fold it if I needed it shorter when we were getting into more um, crowded spaces but when we were out I had um, he had all seven feet of the leash so it really just depends I think that's one of the biggest ones the other is that I don't necessarily think that every single dog has to be crate trained but I do think that it's important that dogs learn how to be in isolation uh, alone and whether that's a small room whether that is a large room Maybe it's a small playpen area. Um, I do think that a dog needs to be comfortable in a crate just because we never know what situations may come up. If the dog is sick and has to stay at the vet, they will be inside of a crate. If they're traveling in an airplane, they have to be in a crate. If you're in a hotel room or maybe a you know Airbnb, something of that nature, they may prefer your dog be crated. So I do think it's important that a dog is comfortable in a crate, but I don't think that every dog, it's an absolute must. Um, I see a lot of rescue dogs, and some of these dogs just can't handle a crate. And I'm not going to spend time getting them comfortable in a crate when I can start simply getting them comfortable being isolated in a larger area. So I think that's another thing that's changed quite a bit. And I've mentioned before, I do prefer harnesses more than anything else. I don't use martingale collars like I used to. I don't use gentle leader head collars like I used to. Um, and I don't talk bad about harnesses like I used to. And I think the reason I was so against harnesses prior was because people just allowed their dogs to pull on a harness because it wasn't as much pressure on their shoulder. I do like harnesses, but it, I... I 
think they have to be a specific harness. I don't like the no-pull harnesses. I really like harnesses with a two-point system, something that's comfortable for the dog that can be used also as a seat belt for safety. So I would say that's some big ones. And honestly, I think one of the biggest ones is I don't use time out as much as I used to. Um, now I, I really, I use it, let me say this, I use it similar, but I've changed the kind of name of the process to give the owners a different look at it. So instead of saying when your dog screws up three times, then you put them in time out, I use it as if your dog is um, unable to make the right choice in a given situation, then it's good to put them somewhere for decompression and let them empty their cup. So we're looking at it as, as more of a decompression, not so much as a punishment. And even prior when I would use it as a timeout, yes, it was a consequence, but it wasn't intended to be anything harsh, aversive. It's, it was just more of a place for the dog to go to take a break, a break or a breather. But it was also as much to give the owner a chance to take a breather so that they're not getting frustrated with the dog as they continually screw up. So really I'm just looking at it more as more of an isolation for decompression and not so much as a punishment for timeout. So that's probably a couple of the big things that I've really changed. All right, great question, Tessa. Thank you. Um, let's see. This is from Kaylee and Marnie. Um, hey, guys, thank you for sending in an email as well. Um, she says, hi, we adopted our dog seven weeks ago and started listening to your podcast then to help us learn how to be the best parents we can be. I've binged 107 episodes so far, and they've all been so informative. We've also loved the communication seminar, seminar and highly recommend it to others. Thank you so much for binging. And again, take that as I have changed a lot over things, uh, which is what we do and over time I mean I've been doing this for going on 28 years actually it's been 28 years professionally it's been almost 28 years um, and things change but um, I do appreciate you binging those and yes the communication seminar I don't think that will ever change as far as the importance um, for me for people that communication seminar to me is the number one thing I think people should spend their money on um, all right, so it says, our dog is a one-year-old half-golden retriever, half-German shepherd. She had uh, two other dogs in her foster home who she got along well with, but reportedly has some issues with resource guarding food. She's an only child here, so we can only see that behavior when we are with our family and their dogs. Uh, so, well, I'm going to go ahead and finish reading this, and then I'll come back to that. She barks out of the window when she sees other dogs, sometimes resulting in raised hackles. We're working on that's enough when her barking becomes too much out of the window. She has a loud bark that can sound aggressive if you don't know her. When we're out for a walk and she sees a dog, she will also bark and sometimes pull towards the dog depending on their proximity. We think that she barks and pulls because she's frustrated that she can't say hi to them because when they start walking away, she will whine. I feel bad for her because she's large, all black, and her bark is loud, so the other owner is scared for their dog's safety, and they walk away quickly. The black dog syndrome, man. When she is able to say hi to another dog, she is so kind and plays nicely with them for their brief interaction, or in the case of our neighbor, 
puppy gets annoyed that he's disrespectful and is ready to get away from him ASAP. That is, eh, that's pretty common. Do you have any suggestions for working on her reaction to seeing other dogs? If I see a dog in the distance before she does, I'll start giving treats for not barking. Throwing treats to the ground doesn't do anything because she just ignores them. Maybe we need to bring along higher value treats for that or practice pattern games. I would love to hear any thoughts or suggestions you might have. Lots of love, Kaylee and Marnie. Well, thank you again for that email. Let's start with, um, you know, with the resource guarding, you don't have a whole lot of time to really practice that. So um, really just lots of positive praise when anything is around that could become a resource for her and there are other dogs around. Lots and lots of praise and acknowledgement of that. Basically telling her that better things happen when others come around that resource. When we're talking about walking, what I would do, honestly, would be the easiest. Because it sounds like to me she just wants to say hi to these dogs and that she's very outgoing. Honestly, the way I would work on this is I would take her to the dog park and work on the outside of the park so that you're working specifically with the leash. We don't want to use leashes inside of a dog park. But outside the dog park, you can use the leash and start at a distance wherever she can see the dogs and not bark, pull, or whine. You would start there. You can reward that behavior. Um, and then you would decrease your distance maybe a step or two. See if she was, she's quiet there. And then I'm going to let her go say hi to some dogs. So as an example, let's say she can get 10 yards from the fence of the dog park and at 10 yards she's quiet just watching well at 10 yards I'm going to give her permission to go say hi to the dogs at the fence I'm going to let her say hi there for 5 10 20 seconds whatever praise that and then I'm going to retreat go back to about 10 yards and start back at 10 yards just standing and watching I may then attempt to try to get to nine yards see if she's still calm and then give her permission to go greet at the fence. Same process, then I'm going to go back to nine yards. Maybe I'll then stand for a second or two, 30 seconds, a minute, depending on her. Go to eight yards, wait to see if she's still controlled, and then give her permission to go say hi. So if you can follow along with what I'm saying, what I'm, what I'm trying to do is teach Marnie how to get permission to say hi to dogs. Doing this at the dog park allows you to control the environment better than on walks. So if you're standing outside the dog park and she's being good, you can then give permission for her to go say hi. So she starts to learn that just standing and watching actually gets her permission to go say hi. And you just slowly decrease your distance. Now, you probably wouldn't do this all in one training session, but um, remember, it's about focusing on how to teach her when you know, what behavior she needs to do to go say hi. So if you're on a walk and say that there's a dog she wants to say hi to um, and it's okay and it's appropriate, if it's, you know, if they're 15 yards away and that's where she is calm, I'd go ahead and give her permission to go say hi before the behavior starts to get unacceptable. So... When you are in an environment to where, let's say, you want to give her permission to say hi to the pup, but she's already pulling, 
then what you would need to do is increase your distance. So I would just do a quick this way, and I'm going to increase my distance from that pup. I'm going to make sure I turn back around, though, so that Marnie can see the pup. And if she's still being good, slowly decrease my distance. And then right before I see she's about to lose it, I'm going to give her permission to go greet. Always find the moment where the dog is doing what you want before they do what you don't want. And it's that moment right before that you've got to make sure you're capturing. Capture the good behavior. Don't wait for the bad. It will be some trial and error trying to figure out what that distance looks like. And that distance may be different depending on the dog that she wants to see and that energy level and even the energy level of her that day. So you just have to play with it, write it down, journal it so that you can kind of get an idea with where you are, where she is. Are you improving? Um, can you decrease a little bit faster? Do you need to increase distance a little bit more? It just really is going to be dependent on that environment. Um, but it's just kind of trial and error on where you can, um, you know, how far you can push her. Uh, but again, always set up for success. Look for the behavior you're okay with. And honestly, just four on the floor looking at a dog, I'm good with that. As long as I'm not getting bar barking, lunging, pulling, whining, those type things. Um, and if I am getting it, increase your distance. Th that's not when you, you stop and say, okay, let me get the dog to sit which will stop the lunging, but it's not going to start stop your barking and whining. Well, I'm going to get the dog to look at me. Okay, well, you might get the dog to look at you, but that doesn't change that emotion that's inside the dog, which is a really lack of control to where the dog is just releasing too many chemicals. You've got to increase that distance to where the dog is not releasing the bad chemicals, only the good chemicals. So hope that helps with that. Um, we are also going to be, we are working on our own line reactive dog workshop. We are going to make it on demand where you can audit or you can um, do it as a working where you send homework in. I will check out your homework and do all those great things and give you feedback. So look for that. We will be launching that in January. Um, I'm almost done putting it together. Um, I'll probably be posting an example of that, or a sample, I guess I should say, um, on our social media channel. So make sure you're following that as well. All right, I think we had one more listener question. Let's see. Oh, let's see. I think, nope, that was, um, that was from Marnie and Kaylee. And Marnie is adorable. And I said that, you know, black dogs... It's, I've always had black dogs. Um, I think Myers is probably one of the first ones that I've had that's not black. But, you know, when you have a black dog, and, and Isabella is a black dog, people just really get a little bit nervous. And they, um, you know, they, they automatically assume the dog's not friendly because you can't necessarily see that goofy look that a lot of dogs that are, you know, different colors have. Uh, usually black dogs are a little bit harder to read, and it makes people a little more nervous. Um, it's kind of sad, you know. Um, I love black dogs. I think they have tons of personality. And uh, if you just, you know, I would just make sure that you focus on your dog having a great time and not worrying so much about what other people think. Just always set your dog up for success and, um, and show them exactly what it is that you want and acknowledge that and reward that. 
All right. Um, okay, I think that was it. I thought I had one more um, to answer today, but that was the same one from Kaylee and Marnie. So quick episode today. I just wanted to kind of throw something out for you guys to let you know that we are working on a lot of new things for 24, and uh, we're super excited about them, but it, it means that we're going to be cutting back just a little bit for the rest of the month um, of December on podcast episodes but please continue to send in your listener questions, send in your podcast ideas, what you would like to hear from us in 2024. And then if you have any other trainers that you've been listening to that you really like, that you think I would um, have a great conversation with on this episode and you'd like to see them as a guest, let me know. Uh, shoot us an email, info at dogspeak101.com or podcast at dogspeak101.com. And be sure you are following us on our social media because we are putting out a lot of information there. And look for our new on-demand courses that we're going to have. We are super excited about everything that we're bringing for 2024. And we are just so thrilled to have you guys joining with us. Um, I know 2023 has been crazy with all the stuff that I had to go through. But uh, I'm glad to be back and going full force getting ready for 2024. So remember, we are available for Zoom consults, uh, whether you have a service dog, therapy dog, um, pet, you've got manner issues, behavior issues, fear, anxiety issues, puppy stuff, whatever, we have it for you. So reach out to us. Uh, We love you. We appreciate you guys. Uh, Remember, we do have our merchandise on our website. Uh, It'd be great Christmas gifts, as well as any gift certificates for Zoom consults or any of our on-demand stuff, feel free to reach out to us if you have that special someone in your life that you would like to share Dog Speak with. And please rate and review wherever you listen to the podcast. We do appreciate it. It helps others to find find our podcast. I'm not sure what just happened there. What, um, <laughs> what, what just came out of my mouth there? I'm not sure. I am from Tennessee, naturally. Uh, so I'm not sure what kind of accent just came out. Uh, But this is what happens when I don't have a co-host and I have to just talk constantly, which is not hard for me. It just gets a little clustered sometimes. All right. I appreciate you guys. Love you so very much. And I hope you guys have a wonderful, wonderful week. 